Hello, everyone. Hi. Um, I should be familiar to most of you. I was like at t the table, and I met many of you there. So I said hi to you guys. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, if, in case you forgot, my name is Matt, um, and I am from California. I am Chinese Filipino American. Don't be shocked. I'm not Korean. Okay. Um, and yeah, I'm here to share uh, the word with you guys tonight. Oh gosh, I'm never. I never stop being nervous. Um, but it's good. I'm excited. Um, yeah, let me just pray for us really quickly before we get into it. Uh, God, we just thank you for your presence. We thank you, God, that you are here. I thank you that you are here to bring um, us into a greater understanding of who you are and your desire for us in our relationship with you. And so, God, I pray that you would use me as a mouthpiece, that you would speak clearly um, through this sermon. Um, and really, uh, I pray, God, that everyone here, myself included, feels challenged. Um, to uh, to change and challenge to really uh, grow and, and mature in our walks with you. So we pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Um, so, uh, one thing that I guess you would notice about our culture today, right? Um, the culture that we live in, the world that we live in, is there's a lot of focus on fulfilling and satisfying our desire for comfort. Would you agree? Yeah? All right, like, you know, like, we, they always talk about, like, microwaves, smartphones, things like, like, how easy it is to go and get food, how easy it is to, you know, make your house warm when it's cold, make your house cold when it's hot. Like, there's so many things that we've created in this world, you know, humans have invented to make ourselves comfortable, right? To make our lives more comfortable. Um, but the thing is, you know, uh, many pastors will tell you, like, it's, it's seeping into the church and in a negative way, right? Um, and, you know, I, I personally believe that comfort is not something that God wants for us, but actually God calls us to a life of discomfort, okay? Um, and so the title of today's message is Embracing Your Discomfort. So if you're taking notes, I encourage you to write it down. Um, you may want to remember a few things. You don't have to write down like notes for the whole sermon. You know, take what you want. Um, but yeah, the title of this message is Embracing Your Discomfort. Okay? And, and the thing is, like, the life God's called us to is a life that's countercultural. Right? You guys are here now in Korea. Many of you are not from Korea. Right? And so what you are doing right now is you're embracing in countercultural activity, right? And are you, you are engaging in countercultural activity, sorry. Um, but do you guys feel fully comfortable here in Korea? Probably not, right? Even myself, having lived here for like seven years now, I, don't, I still, still don't feel fully comfortable here in Korea. You know, and yeah, like the the desire is always like no but i got to find comfort and i always go into these like comfort zones for me and those are good um but what i'm kind of saying sorry oh my gosh <laughs> um yeah the world like your even your own desires would tell you why would you do anything that would make yourself intentionally uncomfortable why would you put yourself in a situation 
where you're uncomfortable? Why would you go to Korea to study when you could just stay in America where everybody speaks your language and all your courses are going to count for your credits? You know, like, why would you go all the way to Korea to study and, and do all these things, right? It seems really silly, right? And what I want to share with you is, like, that's similar. Like, you coming to Korea is, is, is a lot like your walk with God, what your walk with God is supposed to look like. Ah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> There's a lot of people here, by the way. There's, praise the Lord for all the people who came. You know, last semester we had like maybe like 40 people every week, 30 people every week. I, I don't know how many people there are in here. There's too many people here in here. Um, but there's a lot. Praise God. Um, but yeah, uh, I was, as I was like meditating on this idea of comfort and getting out of our comfort zones and all these different things, I was, I was led to think about, so what kind of people are comfortable people, right? What are the kind of people that seek comfort, right? So easy one, lazy people. Right? Lazy people are comfortable people. There's too much, like, it takes too much effort to do anything, so I will do nothing. Right? <laughs> that's, that's like the ultimate, I want to be comfortable. Right? Judgmental people are comfortable people. Right? Instead of actually getting up and doing something about the issue, they would rather sit here and say, hey, you're doing that wrong, than get up and help you. Right? They would rather guard their own comfort than get out of their comfort and you know, right? Really stubborn people are comfortable people, right? People who, in their ideas, in their way of thinking, they don't want to change. They, they, they think they've got it all together, and so why should I change? You should change to accommodate for me, right? That's, that's ultimately what a stubborn person is saying, right? Super liberal people are comfortable people, right? And the thing is, they would say, oh, you know, everybody just do what you want. You know, like everybody's comfortable. Everyone's happy. But they don't, they're uncomfortable with the idea that there are moral absolutes in this world. Right? And they don't want to confront that idea. It's too difficult. It's too much hassle. And there's too many people like stepping on too many toes. And so they would rather just say, you know what? You do you. I'll do me. And let's just stay comfortable together. Right? You don't want to be any of these people. Right? <laughs> like, I, I mean, like, if you know these people and those are the people that you don't want to know anymore, you know, like, the, you know, this is what it looks like if you are fixated on just satisfying and staying comfortable. Okay? But then, what does it mean to look like an uncomfortable, what does an uncomfortable person look like? And you don't have to look any further than children. Okay? Children are probably you know, arguably, some of the most uncomfortable people on this earth, right? Because, number one, they're always growing, so their clothes always become too small, and everything's too tight, and so they have to, like, get new clothes, right? They're weaker, they're less skilled and more inexperienced than any of us, and so they can't do a lot of things on their own. They make a lot of mistakes, right? And they get blamed and whatever, punished and what all, all this stuff, right? They're very uncomfortable, right? And then they hit puberty, and then, you know, that's just pure discomfort, right? <laughs> like, nothing is comfortable at that point in time, right? Like, anyway, your voice is changing. It's all awkward. You're cracking all this time. Everyone's laughing at you. Yeah. Um, but, but if you look at these things, why are they uncomfortable? It's because they're growing, 
Right? It's because they're learning. It's because they're becoming, you know, more mature. They're becoming adults. Puberty, you know, like it's becoming an adult. Right? And so discomfort is not something that we should avoid. Do you guys agree? Right? Like if a child decided, I don't want to be uncomfortable, so I'm going to stop growing. You know, like he couldn't do that. But if he did, you would just, we would all just stay little kids. You know, if we were, if, if, if we had our choices, right? And so, what I'm, tra- what I'm saying is, you know, this is part of God's design. That growth, along with growth comes discomfort, right? That is natural, it's part of the process. And like, no matter how bad it gets, no matter how uncomfortable you may feel, right? It's part of what God has called us to as human beings, but especially as Christians, okay? And so, what I'm here to encourage you today is embrace your discomfort, okay? Can I ask you to turn to your neighbor and tell them, embrace your discomfort as this, okay? Okay? Now, some of you are not doing it because you're uncomfortable, so please do it. <laughs> Embrace your discomfort. Okay? It doesn't matter how old you are, where you're coming from. I'm asking you, I'm challenging you right now, encouraging you right now. Embrace your discomfort. No matter how long you've been a Christian, no matter how long you've been walking with God, you need to really take a look at your life and embrace the discomfort in your life. Okay? Um, And so, you know, you can definitely choose to stay comfortable, right? And what this looks like is this. You surround yourself with the people who are the same as you, talk like you, act like you, and have the same beliefs as you. You never disagree, right? You could easily do that. You could easily find those people. You could just go through your life thinking that your way is always right, judging everyone else and telling yourself they're the ones that need to change. You could say that, you know, whatever you want, you do you, I'll do me. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't affect me, whatever. Like, you can, it'll all be fine, okay? You could say, believe that you have everything under control, that you don't need anybody's help, and that you don't need to grow and don't need to change. That's how you stay comfortable, right? But do you know what the people who always stay comfortable look like? It's the guys that you met as they're like seniors in college, but they're still wearing their like high school t-shirt, youth group shirt, right? They decide, you know what? I don't need to change. I'm just going to live in this life of youth group. And they just keep wearing this shirt over and over. And you, and you know, look at their fashion. It's still like stuck in like, I don't know, the 90s, even though they were born in the 90s. I don't know how. But like, <laughs> like you know, the, their fashion doesn't change. Like the, think about a person like that, someone who doesn't adapt to the society around them, who doesn't you know, grow in any way. They just keep wearing the same old shirt for 10 years. And then you can tell it's the same shirt because it's like all yellow and has holes in it, okay? That's not the person that you want to be, right? Okay, and so I want you guys to turn with me to Matthew 10.34. Matthew 10.34. Um... And what we're going to read together, um, before I'm just going to preface it a little bit. Um, Jesus 
is like this is Jesus telling us that we're not meant to be comfortable. Okay, so I want you to look at this with me. Matthew 10.34 says, Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. Did you, did you guys read that? Do you, do you not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? I have not come to bring peace but a sword. For I come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Right? A lot of people, their ideal world is utopia where everybody gets along and there's world peace and no war. Right? But Jesus doesn't say, hey, I'm here to bring world peace. He comes to save the world, yes. Right? He came to save us from our sin, but he didn't come to, so that we could all just be happy and live together in peace and harmony. You know? And this may offend you. This may make you uncomfortable again. You know, but this is the reality of what Jesus is saying. And so, uh, if you're comfortable in your faith, right? If you're comfortable with your understanding of who God is, right? If you just chose to ignore this kind of passage where God's saying, you know what? What the world wants with world peace and all that stuff, I don't want that. That's not what I'm after here. That's what Jesus is saying, right? If we stay in this mentality of like what my mom and dad taught me in school, in church, whatever, like, and that's it, that's all I need to know for the rest of my life, that's not what Jesus is asking us to do, right? If you're comfortable in your faith, it's a dangerous place because you're living under the assumption that you're doing everything you're supposed to do as a Christian. And you know that everything there, and you know everything there is to know about God, right? If you... You're comfortable in your faith. It probably means you haven't been reading your Bible a lot because the Bible is full of things that make you uncomfortable, make me uncomfortable, right? I don't know if you've read your Bible, right? But if you go into Old Testament, there's like a lot of stuff that makes you feel real uncomfortable, right? Like in, I was reading Ezekiel before. Ezekiel, he like has to lie down on his side for like months and just sit there and he can't get up and he has to have someone like make food for him, Right? And then it says, like, they, he, like, he, there's so much stuff. You just read it, and you're just like, what the heck is this? Right? It makes you uncomfortable. Right? You should not feel comfortable in your faith. You should not feel like you understand it all. If you're comfortable in the way that you relate to the world and the people around you, you know, you're not living the way Jesus called you to live. Right? You know, in what I read for you from Matthew 10, before that, it's a Sermon on the Mount. And if you go back in chapter Matthew 7, no, Five and on, um, he goes through this Jesus' first sermon, and many of the things that he's saying in there would make any Jewish person or any of us really feel really uncomfortable. Right? He talks about like being the salt and light, you know, that's being different. He calls us to, f- mm? he talks about the law and how even if you just look at a woman, that's con- considered lust in, in the sight of God, right? Like, in, in look at a woman in, in lust. It's like committing adultery, right? It's all this stuff that it's like, God, wait, you're, this is really harsh. This makes me uncomfortable. Right? If you read the rest of the Sermon on the Mount, it's just like that, right? And so, uh, 
how we live, you know, as Christians, it's all, okay, I'm just going to go for it. How do we live as Christians? It's all about relationship, right? Would you guys agree? Like, you've heard this on the pulpit a lot of times, like, Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship, right? It is, it is. But like, like you, you, know, you know this. It's, it's so cliche that like you could recite it with your eyes closed. No, I mean, whatever. Anyway, um, but like, uh, it's, it's in you. You understand that Christianity is a relationship, but do you actually have a relationship with God, right? Like, and we can tell Christianity is all about relationship when Jesus goes through the greatest commandment. Right? The greatest commandment um, in Matthew 7, no, not 7, 22, sorry. Um, he talks, he, like the Pharisees are asking him, they're trying to like test him and get him to slip up, and they ask him, what's the greatest commandment? Right? And what does Jesus say? Number one is, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Right? The second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. You know, those are. More than, more than being commands, there are rules of relating to people and relating to God. Right? You look at the Ten Commandments, there are rules about how you love God. Right? How do you love God? Second commandment, don't worship idols. Third commandment, don't take the Lord's name in vain. Right? How do you love your neighbor? You don't kill them. Right? You don't steal from them. You don't sleep with their wife. Right? These are all things that... You know, it's, people look at the commandments and it's this list of rules and things that I have to do. But really, it's a guideline for how to relate to people well. Yeah. Right? You look at the rest of your, your, what you read in the Bible, the commandments in the Bible, it's all about relating to others and loving them better. Right? And so, and, re, and relating to God and loving Him better. Right? But then, what relationship, you know, we're talking about uncom- discomfort, right? What good relationship is always comfortable? Right? Like, what, which of your deep friendships is fully comfortable all of the time? Right? Yes, relationships with God and relationships with the people around you are meant to bring you comfort and safety and love and all this stuff. But there it co- will come a point in any relationship that you have friction. Right? And when you, ha- when you come to that point, right, you have a choice. You can either confront them and talk about it, or you can cut them off entirely and disassociate yourself, right? And if you want to continue that relationship, right, you, you can't not confront them, right? If you, can, if you desire to keep this relationship with someone, right, say someone offends you, right? I'm talking to Frank. I say something to Frank, and he's like, he's really offended by what I said to him. I don't know. I don't, I, can't, I don't want to think of anything because I, I like Frank, you know? But if I offend Frank, like, Frank has a choice. He can either tell me, right? In, he can either, oh, sorry. He can either ignore it, right? But the next time I'm going to say something similar or forget that I said it, and I'm not going to notice that Frank got angry, and I'm just going to keep doing the same thing, and Frank has to keep ignoring it. And what's going to happen? Eventually, Frank's just going to build a wall between me and himself, Right? Because he doesn't want to be around me anymore because I keep offending him. Because he was too stuck in his own desire for comfort to confront me about it. 
right? And the loving thing to, that Frank should do is he should tell me, right, what's going on. He should tell me so that I can change, right? And that confrontation, ultimately, it's an act of love. It's an act of loving me as his neighbor to help me become a better person by telling me what I'm doing wrong. You guys understand? And so this is kind of what the problem that you will observe at most churches, right? At some, not most churches, many churches, where no one's confronting anybody. And everybody's just trying to be comfortable in the church. And, oh, you know, like, he's doing, we all know that he's doing something wrong, but just let him be. He'll, he'll figure it out eventually. But then what happens? The rest of the church catches on that this is all of a sudden okay. And then it just keeps going, Right? And church is, yes, a place of love and support and, you know, whatever. But it's not supposed to be a place where everyone's comfortable all the time. Okay? And so, I want to challenge you with a few things here. Right? Love your neighbor as yourself. When God commanded us, when Jesus commanded us to do this, he's asking us to embrace discomfort right? Embrace this comfort in the community around you, right? In the community that you're with, you know, and in particular in here at Emmaus, there's a lot of people here who are coming from very different backgrounds, right? You, who you don't know, you just met today, perhaps, right? And what I'm asking you guys to do is to stay open to the people around you. Don't just judge them off like what you're seeing, of what you've seen from the beginning, but really allow them to challenge you. Allow these people to grow with you and challenge you and be vulnerable with them and embrace your discomfort so that we can grow together, you know? Um, and especially with your, your, you know, here in large group, your familiar leaders, even the student leaders, they're going to say things and you may not agree with them, right? You may not agree with that, what I'm saying right now, right? But if you feel challenged and uncomfortable in that way, right, ask questions. Don't just say, oh, peace out. Like, I don't want to deal with this. I'm going to go find a, con- a church that agrees with me, right? If you really want to grow and understand what you believe and why someone else is able to believe a different thing than you, you need to open yourself up and be open to what they have to say, open to what, you know, like this Emmaus group has to say to you, right? Because I'm... I. I'm confident that you will learn something, even if you don't end up agreeing with us, right? We're not asking you to blindly conform and listen to what everything we say and just follow like robots. We're asking you to think and, and embrace the discomfort that you may feel here in this group. You guys feel me? Mm-hmm. The second thing, loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind and strength, and how we can embrace discomfort, Right? It's having faith in God, right? Faith in this God that you can't see with your eyes or feel with your hands, right? That's uncomfortable, right? How can I confidently say that God is real when I've never seen it, right? That's an uncomfortable place to be in, in a place of faith. Do you guys agree? Right? And, You know, I, I understand that tension because I was in this place before where I didn't understand, you know, I, I had this understanding that God is real. I've been taught it since I was born, you know. 
I went to like Christian elementary school, Christian middle school, Christian high school, went to church every Sunday. Like I learned a lot about God, but I didn't know that God was a real person that I could relate with, you know? And it's hard because like, how can you actually have this relationship with God when you can't see him or hear him or touch him or whatever, right? But the secret that I want to share with you is that I've heard God's voice, right? And I hear God's voice all the time. And I believe that, you know, he's speaking to you just as much as he's speaking to me, right? Yeah, through this sermon. Yeah, through your pastor and your your leaders. But he speaks directly to you, right? I can point to numerous times in my life where I know I, at that time, I was hearing God's voice but I would not have told you at that time that it was God's voice. I didn't recognize his voice. Right? I, I have, and right now, if you are questioning whether you've heard God, if God's spoken to you, I'm not talking about like audible voice of God, like that it's God. You know, like, it's not like that, right? But God speaks to me and he speaks to you in the same way. Right? And he speaks to you in actually a unique way compared to, you know, the people around you. And so, that is an uncomfortable thing for many people to believe, right? I'm saying these things right now. You may think I'm crazy, right? How can he hear the voice of God? How can I believe this man who I've just met today? You know, like, I'm asking you guys to trust me on this, right? And you are going to, this is, again, taking a step of faith, right? Trust me on this. I can explain to you, you know, what it means to hear the voice of God, right? I can, I can tell you how, like, you know, like, like last week, Sarah said, told us a story about, she came up to, on, on Sunday, someone called her up and prayed for her, and Pastor Aaron, who prayed for her, she was speaking, like, directly words of God, right? How is that possible? I can explain to you why, but I'm telling you that that's real, right? I've had prayers where people are speaking things that, how could they possibly know that that would touch me in such a way, Right? I've received prayer and, like, you know, supernatural things have happened. I, like, start crying uncontrollably or I start laughing uncontrollably, right? These things happen to me, you know, with fair, like, fairly regularly, right? But someone looking at me from the outside might think, like, dude, this guy is so crazy. What the heck? What is he doing? I'm very, feeling very uncomfortable seeing this man who can't stop laughing for no apparent reason, you know? And so, again, what I'm asking you, like, here's the thing. Like I said, every one of you hears the voice of God, right? And I want to encourage you to explore that and to really seek that, to hear God's voice, because that's ultimately how you have this real relationship with God, right? That you've heard his voice and that you know that you hear his voice and confidently say, I know that God's speaking clearly to me right now about this situation, right? And if you are hungry for something like that, Right? I want you guys really to embrace that discomfort that you feel right now and anything that you've been taught about like the supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit, anything that you've been taught about prophecy, like really take those and yeah, you know, hold on to them. Don't like just discount all, everything that you've learned, but really take what you, you see here at Emmaus, what you witness here in church or in, in Emmaus and maybe at your church, like take those things and really challenge what you believe about the voice of God and 
how he speaks to you, right? And so what we're going to do right now is we're actually going to have a time of prayer, but we're going to do kind of what Sarah mentioned uh, last week, okay? So I'm actually going to have uh, Ruth and Della come up, um, and if Pastor Mark, you can get on your time.